This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. First, I'd like to thank one of our sponsors, Credit Intel. Knowing the financial health of retailers is crucial for the success of your retail-related business. That's what Credit Intel is for. Credit Intel analyzes the financial health of hundreds of publicly and privately held retailers in different sectors. With a subscription to Credit Intel, you have access to comprehensive analysis of retailers' financial condition and their expert analytics team. Visit creditintel.com for more information. So welcome everybody. Today I have with me Matt Tobin. Matt's from Hopaka, New Jersey, and him and his family own six liquor stores. They are legends in the Northwest New Jersey uh, area. They're small business icons. Matt is also a friend. He's in my fantasy football league, and uh, I'm excited to have him on the show. Welcome. How you doing, Russ? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. So you guys have uh, six liquor store locations, and you guys have been around for 31 years. So give us some color around the business, man. Well, my uncle started the business in 1988. He opened up his first store in Landing, and then my his two brothers came along with him. It was really a family thing from the get-go. They opened up businesses within five years of each other a couple times, and really just went from there. So you guys are the, the liquor factory. You kind of dominate the Lake Hopacon area. Uh, you surround the lake and it's a summer lake town and whatnot. So w- what do you guys focus on? Is this a beer business, a liquor business, a wine business? What do you guys do? Well, we do a little bit of everything. I mean, obviously we want to focus on wine, beer, and liquor all at the same time. We sell all three of them. Uh, I know in some states like PA, you know, they only let you sell either beer or wine and liquor. So it's either a beer store or wine or liquor store. In New Jersey, uh, they let you sell all three at the same time in the same area, in the same place. Uh, so all stores try, try to strive on all three of those. What us as a company, as liquor stores, we try uh, as managers being knowledgeable of all three. I mean, some stores are more wine selling stores as in Sparta, more of an upper income area, buy a lot of wine and it's a, a party atmosphere. You know, they host a lot of parties. And then some are more beer selling stores, especially stores around the Lake Hopacon in the summer. As you mentioned, we have Hopacon location, which is two minutes away from the beach. And we also have the Jefferson location, which is located right on Route 15. And that's a five minute uh, drive to the lake. Got it. And so how big are these locations? I've seen liquor stores, you know, a little package store that's a thousand feet across the country, or you see like a total wine or something like that that's 30,000 feet. How big is a liquor factory? Yeah, so we start, when uh, my uncle started off, we had a couple smaller stores, but moving forward, we've we've been going five to 10,000 square feet in all six locations. Now small, I mean, it's just like any business. I mean, we were in uh, Sparta for about 15 years and we were in a small little strip mall and a big location, a big uh, office building opened up down the street and we decided to move down there. And the bigger the store, the more people you can attract and the better business. We almost tripled our business just moving that store. So we try to make it as big as possible. And so, and how big of a business is this? Six locations, 
This is a five million dollar business. This is a ten million. How big uh, Last year of all six stores combined, we did anywhere between seventeen and eighteen million dollars in sales. Wow, so it's a pretty pretty sizable business. And do you guys plan on opening any other locations or are you set for now? Well, the last one we opened up was in 2016 in the Byram location on 206. So my uncles are always looking. The whole thing with the liquor uh, liquor licenses in New Jersey is you can only have one person, can only have two to their name. So my three uncles all have two to their name and they max out at that. The liquor business kind of like helps the small businesses in New Jersey because just for for instance, down in South Carolina, North Carolina, in those type of areas, you could just pay an annual fee and be able to sell liquor out of your store, whatever store you have, whether it's it's a liquor store or whether it's a shop right or anything like that. But in New Jersey, you can only have two liquor licenses under one name. So my three uncles all have two. So I think where he's mentioned, if he does look for more, uh, I would have to go into the three or four uh, cousins' names that are in the business. That's interesting. So makes it challenging to have a, a chain of like 100 stores in New Jersey. The biggest chain, the family-owned chain, uh, is Bottle King. Bottle King, I, I don't know exactly how many stores, but they, they have at least 20. Their uncles, their cousins, their aunts all own are in the business, and it's a big family business that they run just as we're trying to do here. In New Jersey, not only is the liquor license can only, you can only have two in your name. I think the other piece about New Jersey liquor law is that there's only a limited supply of licenses, right? And so the value of any one license is pretty crazy, right? Yes, yes. So, um, I mean, there's two different types of licenses as well in New Jersey. There's a bar and restaurant license, and there's also a liquor store license. Now, we have a couple of both. The only difference between those two is that bar restaurant, when you think of a bar restaurant license, you can't have alcohol in the middle aisle. So in the middle rows, and they have to be all buried against the wall, and, and that's where you have to have your liquor if you have a, a restaurant license, which we have, I think, three stores with restaurant licenses. And then in a liquor license, you could have displays on the floor. You could have multiple aisles where they're not connected to the, the main wall. And you could sell it that way, which is obviously more valuable in our business. But you have to really take what you can get because in New Jersey, one restaurant license is applied in each town for every 3,000 people. And one liquor license, like store liquor license, is applied in each town for every 5,000 people. So what I'm trying to say is most liquor licenses, whether it's bar, restaurant, or an actual liquor store, are really already grandfathered in. And, and the way that you're able to get those is to buy somebody out. So there's not, you can't really just go out and get whatever liquor license you want. You really yeah. got to take what's there. You would need like massive population increase in order to have more licenses granted. Yes, and town. that's very, it's very rare that you yeah. find a license. Now, if the business ever went, uh, went under or whatever it is, and the, you know, like for a certain while you get to hold that liquor license and you can either sell it off or if you do have an expansion or there's not many liquor licenses or that are being used in the town, 
then it goes to the town and they they open up a, a private bid. Got that's it. actually so what uh, that's actually what happened in one of our locations in Andover. That's interesting, and I think that the color for everyone on you know all the listeners on the New Jersey liquor law is helpful because it's not easy to you know if Matt and Chris wanted to open up a, a t-shirt shop, we can just rent a spot, buy t-shirts and sell. It's not that simple to do that with alcohol in New Jersey. So does this make it a challenge for like big chain stores like Chili's or the Cheesecake Factory or someone like that? Do they have challenges? The same challenges as a small business owner getting liquor licenses? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, the, those big national chain stores, they all follow the same rules. Most of the stores um, must buy out another restaurant instead of someone able to just be and open up, like you said, open up a store whenever, wherever they want. They have to buy somebody out. Actually, a, a little story. I know that um, speaking of Cheesecake Factory, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I think they paid a pretty good penny to get into that Short Hills location. I think that liquor license in the Short Hill went for near near $2 million for just the liquor license itself in Short Hills. Wow. And so w- what is the range of li- you know, liquor license prices? What's the, what's the range that you see? Anywhere from what to what? Oh, I well, I mean, the $2 billion in Short Hills, obviously, that's a high-income area that they wanted to get into, uh, that they, th- they think, and I'm sure they are doing a lot of business. But, I mean, anything, it, it really varies. I would say anywhere between $100,000 to close to a million dollars is the, the average, uh, all depending on, you know, the, the area that you're in, the town that you're in, what type of business you think you're going to do, you know, what surrounds the liquor license, just like any other normal business that you look into. Awesome. This show is really geared toward like the stories behind uh, how locations ended up where they ended up. And I think that for, you know, this story, I think it's important to give everyone some color. So I appreciate all that. So why don't you tell us the story of how you guys ended up in the Andover location? Cause you had to go through and, you know, you guys were protecting yourself against competition and really had to fight through to get a, and win that undisclosed bid. So uh, why don't you walk us through yeah, that? So we, so we opened up the Andover location in 2007. Before that, we had four stores that all, that was one was in Landing, New Jersey, Jefferson, Sparta, and Hopacon. Uh, Sparta, one of our main stores that does our, uh, our biggest store that does most business is only a five minute drive to the Andover store where they were selling this license. So not only were we trying to, you know, build our business and and create another store, but we also looked at it, like you just said, you know, we're trying to protect our area. So that's another Sussex County liquor license that was coming to play where any high bidder would be able to get that. So when it all came about, we kind of had to make a move on it to make sure not only that we increase our business, but that we didn't lose business in Sparta and other locations. There was a closed bid. My uncles, all three of them, went in and uh, tried to figure out some numbers of what they would lose in Sparta and what they would gain in Andover. And Andover is not the biggest town. You know, there's not as much to do. There's not as many cars. But for us, we were looking at it at the aspect that we didn't want to lose business in any of our other stores. So that was a closed bid, and my uncles decided on $200,000 for that small town to get that liquor license, and we ended up winning that liquor license. 
That's awesome. So there's a closed bid. You guys, you know, submit, and that's because the license went back to the town? Yes. I don't know if it actually went back to the town, but like I said, Andover actually, they grew a little bit over the years, and they don't have much around it. Like, that's why it wasn't really that popular of a spot to have liquor licenses and everything like that. Is because they don't, it's not, Andover doesn't have a million, you know, it's not like a Sparta or, you know, anywhere up east where they have a bunch of malls or shopping areas and stuff like that where a lot of people are going in and out of. It's not a going through town. You have to go there if you're going to Andover. So it wasn't as big as a, a margin, but for us, it was a lot bigger. So we didn't lose business in other stores and bring in competition. And so when you apply and you, you win this liquor license, is it specified to a location in Andover or can you take any location? Now, if it's already an existing liquor license or bar or whatever it is, there's a certain, I forget what it is, but there's a certain amount of miles that you can go. Yeah, radius that you can go. But this was an open one that no one owned as of now. We were able to go anywhere in the town of Andover. So you win the liquor license. Did you guys ever already have a location lined up? Yes, we had uh, everything pretty lined up. We're in, in a strip mall down in Andover. We wanted to make sure that we were at least around some local businesses that people were going in and out of instead of Sparta, where we're not in any strip mall. People go through Sparta a lot, and they're, it's a big town. So we didn't have to have connecting businesses to make sure that we did business. So we went into a strip mall in Andover. Got it. And in Sparta, you're in like a freestanding location. I'm in there. Yes. And so as you're going through the process here, is this happening simultaneously? Are you guys working on a lease with the strip mall owner at the same time? Or did you already sign a lease with the guy and then go and do the liquor license? Or is this happening simultaneously? We had the opportunity to go in that strip mall, but we waited until we were secure and we knew that we had the license before signing any leases. Um, The good thing with that is, like I said, I mean, there's a lot of strip malls out there that are uh, that are vacant right now. And that there was back then as well. And it just getting worse and worse. So it's not something that we had to jump on right away until we knew that we had the liquor license. You get the liquor license and you end up getting uh, this location. You sign a lease. How, uh, how long of a time process is this, right? You guys get wind and over, you know, you guys are clearly plugged in. You get wind that a liquor license is going to come available. From when you hear that whisper of when it's going to come available, how long is it between then and when you have to submit your bid and then the bids are announced and you're the winner? The, the closed bid in Andover, I think, was a month or two. They gave a, 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 There was always speculation that there was going to be one that came, came about. But after that it came out, it was a month or two or so that you had a time. I think, it, I think it was exactly a month, actually, that you had time to figure out what your bid was. And they let as many investors go in there as possible so they get the highest bid. And then after that month, then you know. And is there any prerequisites to bidding? Like, do you have to, do you have to be like a, an accredited investor or anything? Or like, could I just go and bid? 
it's just like buying a house. They're you have to have show that you have the net worth and whatnot. Yeah, that you have the net worth or you have the funds in a bank somewhere that you're able to, to pay that off. Got it. And when you buy the liquor license, there's no time horizon. You own it until you want to sell it. Yes, but you do have to within, I think the, the law is three or five years between three and five years that that liquor license has to be active. So it's someone just can't sit on it and like buy liquor licenses and then just sit on them. They have to, they have to be active with those liquor licenses within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, there'd just be a lot of people buying them, holding them, waiting for the yeah, value to go up. Yeah, buying them, holding them, value, and then, and then selling them. Yep. Yeah. Someone with a lot of money could just go in there and buy them all, you know, and then and then just sit on them. Yeah, flipping liquor licenses. Interesting. And so you guys get this location, you open it up. One of your big concerns was that, or, or not concerns, you were trying to protect the Sparta location. Did this end up impacting the Sparta location? Did it take business away from Sparta? Yes, it definitely took a little business away from Sparta. Not as much as we thought, but it definitely was uh, impactful. And you know what? It's a successful store. It's actually more successful than I think we we knew going into it. So it's a it was a good uh, investment for us. That's great. And this whole liquor license thing, I think, is really interesting. How does it affect online sales? Can I sell alcohol if i have a liquor license can i sell alcohol online in new jersey yes uh, we we actually do not do that right now it's a very slow business the online unless you're a big big time wine seller or you're selling thousand dollar cases two thousand dollar cases where you're you're online selling like that we've never gotten into it. we've actually talked about it and looked into it but we've never gotten into the online selling of the liquor so if you don't have a liquor license in new jersey i can be in texas and sell alcohol to a homeowner in new jersey i do not know about that honestly I, I mean, if you have your liquor license, I don't know if they do it just within that state or you could go outside. But I'm pretty I, I would imagine you are able to, to, to deliver and to sell online to other states, because at the end of the day, every state has different laws. Like I said, you can't you can't be in the same store, wine and liquor and beer in P.S. You know, which, in my opinion, isn't isn't the the smartest law that they've ever made. But you know, like, so every every state has different laws. Where I would assume you are able to do that. Got it. So you guys ended up um, opening the location. It's been open since two thousand seven, and it was really to protect the other location. What happened after two thousand seven? Did you end up opening another one? Yes, we opened up uh, Byram in 2016, just a couple of years ago. Actually, Byram kind of was like the same thing a little bit. They're right down the street. They're down 206 a little bit. They're probably within a 10, 15 mile radius. So we opened up that store, actually hoping to surround ourselves and, and, you know, to control our area of Sussex and Morris County. And the only liquor license or the only liquor store that was on 206, which is a major highway uh, down that area, was the ShopRite uh, Wine and Liquors. And 
um, the difference between us and a shop, right, or something like that is we're more convenience. You know, you don't have to go into the shop, right, parking lot and stuff like that. So we felt that we could pull a little business from them along with controlling our uh, area. And is the Andover license a restaurant license or is it a, a liquor store license? Liquor store license. Got it. And do you guys do more business in the ones that are liquor store licensed versus restaurant? Well, it's definitely easier to manage and everything like that. I can't really tell you that. I would assume so. I mean, it's more about the town and how many, how many people are in the town, how active the town is, you know. So I can't really – I would assume that, but I can't really tell you for sure uh, the liquor license is better. I guess real quick, I think the Boulevard Pub is an interesting story too. Why don't you, why don't you tell us about uh, how you guys got that location since that's a little unique. Okay, so my uncles, before any liquor stores, before the Landing Store, the Jefferson Store, they owned the Boulevard Pub in Hopakon that started in 1985. So they had a club. It was a, a, a bar and restaurant license, obviously. And they ran that for, I think close to 15 years. So they ran the pub for close to 15 years. And while they were doing that, the three brothers ventured out and that's when they went into the liquor store business instead of a club. Then they, they started with landing. Then they went to Jefferson four years later. And then after the Jefferson store, which was really good, they went into Sparta the next year. So then after when they started seeing that the liquor store was a a good investment and maybe a better business. In 1999, they turned the pub into a liquor store. So they shut down the club, they shut down the pub, and they made it into a liquor store. But they can't have any liquor till this day in the aisles or not on the surrounding outside of the store. So what goes in the center of the store, the liquor factory in Hopaka? So we have this thing called growlers. Um, it's a new thing where we tap beer and we pressurize the beer and, and tap it for you in 32 ounce or 64 ounce uh, bottles. And we're allowed to sell it like that, just like a bar would, you know, like that's like our open bar. So that's a, a way around it. So we have, a, a, I think like 10 to 12 beers on tap and we pressurize those beers that we give them to you. And now these are specialty beers. Um, a lot of the times people ask you for, you know, beers of Vermont or this state or that state where necessarily you couldn't get them in maybe say a six pack or a 12 pack, but we could bring it in as a keg and sell it. So instead of having them buy the whole keg, we take these specialty beers or uh, seasonal beers or Magic Cat or whatever, and we put these beers on the tap so our customers can get the beer that they want without buying the whole keg. That's fascinating. So if I, if I unpack that a little bit and I understand it, because you converted this restaurant pub into a liquor store, it had a restaurant liquor license. And that means in New Jersey, you can't have uh, packaged goods on the center of the floor in the aisles. And so yeah. the way to maximize the sales per square foot, what you've done is you've put kegs there, just like a bar would have a keg. You put kegs in the center of the store and then you fill growlers and sell them. Yes. So actually now, um, 
the Byram store that we just opened up in 2016 was kind of the same way. Obviously, we didn't have a pub there. It was actually an old CVS. So we moved into the old CVS, and that was the same way. We had a bar restaurant license. So to maximize our space and to maximize profit, instead of having your registers on the outside of the walls, we put our registers in the middle. We put our growler station, which I just mentioned to you guys, uh, in the middle. And then we put all of our chips, our sodas, our waters, all that stuff in the middle. So that's just one big middle row. So then we had the whole outside of the perimeter of the store for liquor and all the variety of stuff that we needed to put up. Interesting. That's a clever way to get a to maneuver given how restrictive the laws are. Yes, yes. So it's a, a little ins and out of it. Obviously, totally, totally legal, but it still takes away because when you go into a nice liquor store, if you go into our Sparta location and everything, you know, we have nice displays of things that pop out at you, you know, like pop out of the customer. So it does take away in that sense where we can't have floor displays and, and you know, giveaways right on the floor with the displays and whatnot. So it does take away a little bit like that, but there is definitely some ways that you can get around it. Got it. And all these locations, do you lease them all or do you own any of the buildings? We own the Hopakon one and we own the Sparta one. Um, all the other locations we rent from right now, which we are looking to, as the years go on, you know, like to, to buy out or to move our, our liquor stores to a place if there's any, anywhere open that we can own the property. Got it. I got to ask my, uh, my three questions. We call this retail wisdom. <laughs> so it's three, three uh, spontaneous questions. You ready? Go ahead. Question one, extinct retailer that you wish would come back from the dead? Models. I, I'll take it, but I, I do think they're still alive and in business. No, they're, they're dead around me. <laughs> number, number, uh, number two, right now I'm holding a Starbucks Cafe Verona dark roast 16 ounce whole bean uh, coffee. So it's the coffee beans. It's a package. This is like my version of the price is right. What does this retail for on Starbucks website? Oh God. I drink, I drink plain black coffee. I have no clue. What? $7, $6, 1299. Not even Ooh. close. Not even close. <laughs> Last question. Best piece of real estate advice for the people out there. Best real estate advice. Um, well, I would just say, you know, whatever you have visions of, you know, work hard, go after it. And, you know, that you, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Famous Michael Jordan quote. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, good luck in fantasy this week. I hope you lose and uh, have a great Thanksgiving if I don't talk to you. <laughs> All right. You too, Russ. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us. This podcast highlights the stories behind deals from all perspectives, so it doesn't matter if you're a retailer, broker, attorney, or an architect. Contact Diane Lee at D-L-E-E -E at D-L-C-M-G-M-T.com. 
Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.